everybody. Welcome back to Tell Us What's in the Box. <laughs> What's in the Box. I am Joy and I am here with Danny. Danny. Welcome back to another amazing episode of uh, probably things better left in your relationship past box. But of course, <laughs> this is all about letting all the inner demons fly, right? All of them, literally. All, all of them. All of them flying <laughs> out. Lots of flying demons. Speaking of demons, we got some demons uh, and a bunch of other crazy stuff in what we're going to be talking about for this episode. Uh, we are going to be diving into um, the Originally, it was released as just a series of comics, but now you can get it in a six-part, like, volume series with all, all of them collected together. Um, it is a, it's called Lock and Key, um, a, written by Joe Hill and illustrated by Gabriel Rodriguez. Um, there is a Netflix series that is an adaptation of this. necessarily talking about that. We're just going to be focusing on the graphic novel, but if you've already seen the Netflix series, then this might interest you a bit, but there also might be some spoilers. Who knows how the Netflix series is gonna, you know, continue to roll out. Um, but yeah, right. I think I got it. Yeah, yeah that was been, it. That it's was only, it. It's, it's been a long week already. It's Yeah, been, it has, <laughs> it has. But much yeah, much longer for the Locke family. Much longer for the Locke Oh, family. goodness. The sure. Locke family. Where do we even begin with the Locke family? Where do we even begin? Okay, so, <laughs> so let's get started. Um, since it is a rather large graphic novel uh, series, there are a lot of characters. <laughs> so we will try to keep it to the main relationships and the main characters. We may go on little side tangents but there are a lot of relationships going on in this in this series a lot of interrelationships a lot of relationship triangles quadrangles <laughs> octagon octagon angles <laughs> I yeah you know everybody has feelings for other people and not other people and it's it's so you know we'll try to keep it to to the to the main um uh, characters so the main main people that are in this um graphic novel series is the Locke family you have Rendell Locke the father Nina Locke the mother Tyler who is the oldest child Kinsey who is the middle child and Bode who is the youngest Tyler is about 17 Kinsey is 16 and Bode's like six Nice little age gap there. You know? oh, yeah. Seems yeah, like nice. the, the family planned the first two, maybe not so much the last the, one. The last one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it basically revolves around this family. Um, interestingly enough, we start right off with some very complicated family relationships because um, what happens? What's the kind of inciting incident that we get at the beginning of the novel, Joanna. Murder! Murder! <laughs> Murder. Oh my gosh. Murder. Yes. Murder. <laughs> yes. So the the father, Rendell, gets murdered. And so you're like, well, then why did you mention him? Because that's the last you see of him, right? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> because it's a horror novel and we get lots of flashbacks in, in these pages and lots of, um, you know, keys, keys, and locks and, and keys. Yeah. Lock and key for a reason. So fucking locks, just like characters. Yeah. <laughs> Rendell is a guidance counselor at a high school, the high school that his children go to. And, um, he is murdered by one of his students, one of the students. And the children are home at the time and they have to, you know, hide. And, and so this incident causes a lot of relationship friction, a lot of relationship friction. I mean, how do you, how do you feel? Let's start talking about how yeah. you feel this event, like, at the start of the graphic novels kind of affected mm -hmm. 
the relationships of the family, the mother and the children. What do you I think? mean? I kind of feel like there was there was already some friction to begin with, and of course, what stood out to me the most was uh, the relationship between Tyler and his father. Um, you get the whole like he's with Kinsey and Bode, and he's complaining to Kinsey about like Dad's just making us do like hard labor. I don't want to do this. I wish I was somewhere else. And we see his reflection. Like looking down at the water near, I guess, what was it like a lake? And they're at a cabin near the lakeside and they're they're renovating stuff. Um, yeah, it's a summer side. home that they had. It was okay. a summer home. Yeah, it was a summer yeah. place. Yeah, and you know, Tyler just doesn't want to be there. He's just complaining about his dad and everything. And then, oh, bam. Dad and we don't murdered. know why at first. We don't know <laughs> yeah. why the father did this. But we do find out eventually in yeah. the later, like, what happened to make the father, you know, make them go to this house and do all the work. It wasn't just out of the blue. It was, you know, there was an event that happened that caused a lot of friction um, that caused the father to kind of come down and tell Tyler he couldn't go anywhere and everything like that. He was supposed to spend six weeks in Baja with his yeah. friend. Learning how to surf. Yeah. And uh, did not get to do that. Um, and then, yeah, and then at the lake house while they were doing all that, um, the father gets murdered. So Rendell gets murdered and the family moves back east, moves back to New England <laughs> um, to the house that was their, their family house with their uncle, uh, their mm. father's younger brother, Duncan. Um, lives in the area. He doesn't live at the family house, but he lives about two hours away. Mm -hmm. And um, they they decide they're going to go stay there, uh, move across because they're living in California. So they're on the West Coast and they move all the way to the East Coast. And so by the time any of the supernatural stuff starts, um, we already have a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. Um the youngest is still trying to process what's going on. He's only six. And Kinsey, the middle child, is still trying to process it. Tyler feels guilty. Yeah. And the mother starts turning to drink. Yeah. And she obviously walks with the now with a cane and everything else too. You know, yeah, they're they're all trying to keep it together and not doing a great job at it at all. Not doing a great job yeah. at it. And, um, and, you know, they're worried because, you know, that this guy might come back, you know, he was captured alive and sent to a psychiatric hospital, but they kind of mm -hmm. worry that he might come back and, yeah. and finish the job. And they talk about how, how, how can he know where we, we are, but they're still worried. And, you know, so that's where we kind of really begin, you know, we get this little, you know, this murder happening and them moving uh, to this house. Yeah. And I feel like Tyler especially has, like, he's dealing with a tremendous amount of guilt. Like, even though he wasn't directly responsible for his dad's murder, he does feel responsible. Um, and he, that coupled with, you know, kind of his attitude toward his dad and making them work at the summer house. And, you know, that happened like right before the murder happened. Um, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that he's processing. And if he's even more withdrawn from the entire family than, than he was before. Um, Kinsey, she's completely changed. She's taken out all her dreads. She's starting to dress a little bit more preppy. Mm -hmm. And Bode has somehow figured out a way to kill himself and run around as a ghost and then put his ghost back in his body. Yes, let's, so. let's, so let's, let's start with that. So, so stuff starts to really hit when Bode discovers a key at Key House mm -hmm. and tries to find what door it goes to. And uh, it's called the ghost key and he has his dead body and floats around and, and, you know, 
and to the relationship. It, it, you know, he has this and he tries to go and tell his mom about it. He tries to go tell his brother and sister about it and him being six and then being teenagers and mother being mother. Don't believe him. <laughs> yep. like, why would you? He's, um, he's just trying to process. He's traumatized. Well, he's traumatized. Huh? Yes yeah. and no. <laughs> he starts trying to uh, drawing pictures at school of everything that happened, you know, which is a lot of it is what happened. His father died. They moved here. And then, but he, then he writes about becoming a ghost after discovering this key. And so the teacher is kind of like, um, you know, you need to talk with your son. You know, we want to help him and everything like that. So, so this kind of event kind of strains and already because they feel like Bode is not dealing with it well and kind of delving into fantasy, uh, which is not true, of course. Uh, because <laughs> as we know, this is a horror novel, Black and Key. Um, and the big premise of Key House that there are all these keys that can do fantastical things. They can make you giant. They can let a crown that allows you to, uh, you know, command shadows, mm -hmm. a key that gives you wings, a key that allows you to wipe things out of your head, all sorts of keys. And you can uh, take control of hell. Yes. <laughs> There's... Yes. I mean, yeah. all sorts of things. And, and so as we begin to learn this, um, you know, everybody is still trying to deal with their own stuff and they're all trying to form new relationships at their new school and trying to make friends. And at the same time as all of this is going on. Um, so, you know, in that you have some interesting um, friends. Tyler starts uh, you know, having, you know, gets attracted to a girl named Jordan Gates, who's kind of a rich, bad girl. She rides a bike and has a jacket and everything, but she's rich and <laughs> seems to resent it fully and smokes and does all this other stuff. And him and he starts a, starts a friendship with a guy who's in the hockey team and joins the hockey team. And everything like that. But, you know, the shadow of what happened kind of overshadows these relationships a bit, too. You know, how could they? How could they not, really? You know, they know that their father died because the father was from the town. Mm -hmm. um, so all the people in town kind of know what's going on. And Kinsey starts a friendship with a trio of people, Jamal, Scott, and Jackie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're all just trying to kind of do the best they can. And the event that kind of starts things along their path is Sam actually, uh, the guy who killed their father, actually getting out via supernatural means and a mysterious character in the well house that Bo discovers with another key that he finds. So, you know, these are all very, I mean, the, the relationships in here are thick because not only are mm -hmm. we dealing with present time, we're also dealing with relationships from the past mm -hmm. and, and things that happened in the past. Right. So I'm, I'm wondering, I think, you know, maybe it would be better if we kind of talk about how the relationships kind of changed over the course of and how relationships from the past kind of, messed up the relationships in the future you know sure yeah i can start or you can start with that like because yeah. i mean there's there's so i mean even with relationships in the past there's still so much yeah <laughs> yeah um i mean basically like huge kind of spoiler and you don't find find this out until later, but kind of all this super, supernatural stuff goes back to the American Revolutionary War. Um, a group of rebels is hiding beneath what will become the future key, key house that the family will live in. Um, and they discover a portal to another dimension. Mm -hmm. um it's it's a know, lovecraft reference everybody just so you very know. very much they're, yeah they're they're basically the the in the revolutionary era 
ancestors of the Locke family um, have found this uh, door that led to basically the plateau of Ling and the followers of yeah. Ling and um, discovered that Demons. it was bad and they were trying to come through. And Ben Locke, who was a blacksmith, managed to create with some of the special whispering metal they discovered near the portal, mm -hmm. um, these keys to keep it at bay and to hide it. And they flooded these caves. Um, and he turned into making these keys that you find out that he created these keys based off of what they could do. They were desperate and the Revolutionary War. So they basically used these keys to give an advantage over Britain. Mm. And so that's how Key House became into being. And, and that's how America became America. <laughs> yeah, that's how America became <laughs> <No>. America. <laughs> So it kind of so, started, um, and then through the 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 years, yeah. uh, through the generations, the locks had passed down the secret of Key House until right. Rendell Lock, um, and the events that happened in 1988. Um, yeah, with him and his group of friends of Lock, Rendell Lock being the father, mm -hmm. uh, was a teenager, high schooler in 1988. It always starts. With some dumb high schoolers that are Not like, let's let's take this key. Like, let's make some more keys. Let's pull a fucking demon out of the portal into the real world so we can make some more keys. Do you think that went over well? <laughs> Hell no. No. No, it did not. It did not. Um, so Rendell and a lot of his friends who had called themselves keeper of the keys because they knew the secret of the keys that had been passed down and Rendell shared it with his friends and they called themselves the keeper of the keys and they would play with the keys and, and they used it to pawn on a hell of a rendition of the Tempest. Um, use some of the magic of the keys to put on this amazing performance, which interestingly enough, the Tempest being about a kind of sorcerer and magician who lives mm -hmm. on an island and and basically the the depths of power and what happens when you don't respect power which is you know <laughs> a big theme of the book yes so, isn't it ironic as alanis would say but actually <laughs> actually ironic not just <laughs> symbolically ironic like in don't you song. think don't you think and so this this event where they go down and they decide we're gonna do this we're seniors we're gonna leave you know and we're gonna forget all of this because of the nature of the keys once you leave key house as an adult you will forget what key house mm -hmm. does but because of the relationships that he had with his friends this is where we're getting back to relationships it's a lot to explain so we had to give context so getting back to the relationships that he had with his friends Mark Cho and Kim, his, his girlfriend, and Lucas, and Aaron, and Ellie. Because of that, Rendell, as a teenager, decided they're going to go down and do this, and it went bad. It went, mm -hmm. it went very wrong. Ellie and Rendell survived. Um, Aaron, you know, had to go into a hospital. She could not function anymore. Yeah. And as far as they knew, they were the only ones that were around alive mm -hmm. um, at all. Uh, after that incident and Rendell moved and went to Berkeley, went to California, said he was never going to step foot in Key House again. But it was because of his relationships, because he loved Kim for a certain respect. Um, there's a, mm -hmm. a scene, a really interesting scene. I mean, because when you come down to it, everything that happens here is really motivated by everybody's relationships, either with their yeah. family or with people that they care about. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought one of the one of the really interesting scenes was when Aaron is talking to Rendell just before they decide to go down there. And she basically is like, you know, this isn't right. We shouldn't do this just because you're kind of curious. And he says, well, yeah, I know we're not going to last. You know, she's going to go off to NYU and I'm going to Berkeley. Mm -hmm. You know, we're a thing now, but I know it won't last. But, you know, I love her. And, you know, if you, if you love somebody, you know, you wouldn't understand what, you know, what you do, 
you know, to make them happy or to make them smile or whatever. And Erin, mm. who you find out is, you know, was in love with Rendell herself. Yeah. Basically says, oh, I understand. So it's this, they all do it for their own reasons, you know, whether love of somebody who doesn't love them back or, or they're trying to hold on to what they have. They're trying to hold on about how, to how powerful they felt, and which is what Rendell uses to argue that they should go down there and open the thing in the first place. Like, don't you want to feel, don't you want to have people look at you like they looked at us when we used the magic and did the play? Mm-hmm. And don't you want that? And that's what he kind of uses to kind of convince them all to do it. Absolutely. Because they want to hold on to that. And, and like they feel like the magic of the keys will let them hold on to how they feel and how close they are mm-hmm. to each other. I mean, have you ever had friends like from your past where you had this like kind of magical time period where you were like so close and you had like all these memories and you felt like, you know, you were never going to die and you were never going to be as close to anybody as you were close to these people, you know? And that's kind of what does it. I mean, what do you think? I mean, how do you feel about that whole past crew situation that went on? I mean, I think a lot of um, what kind of like kind of drove Rendell first and foremost to convince all of his other friends to like come and do this thing and uh, what could go wrong with it, right? Uh, nothing. No, it's, it's only the 80s and you're tampering with soup supernatural stuff you know um <laughs> that never worked well out in the 80s folks i know right i don't so know why well. um but it's at a very kind of crucial moment in their lives you know it's very much like that moment like this isn't a coming of age story but that decision that they made it's very much kind of rooted in that kind of fear of growing up and coming into adulthood and worrying that things aren't going to be the same and you know to go to your point of like oh Kim's going away here to to college um et cetera et cetera you know that 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 was kind of one of their very last moments to feel that close connection and the last kind of the last their last hurrah yeah um an incredibly misguided last hurrah but a last hurrah nevertheless um so it's you know this this desire to remain forever young but was corrupted by a source of evil power right and people have either quote unquote sold their souls to the devil for less or for more. Um, but with stories like these, there's always some sort of give and take. And as we see what happens afterwards is yes, their relationships were never the same again. And part of that is because of this decision that they made to (laughs) try to get one more demon key, you know? Um, you know, so it ended what could their relationships have been like had they not made the decision? You know, they, they it probably would have still grown apart, but it wouldn't have been this whole big scary thing where right. it's like, okay, now we're going away, but now it's sort of this quasi, we got to stay away from right. each other because, you know, we have to protect each other. Um, we have to forget that this ever happened. Mm-hmm. But of course, in the process of forgetting that it ever happened as what happens when you turn when you become an adult and move away from the house I mean you forget you forget your past and it there's such a strong parallel between when when you become an an adult you get so wrapped up in being an adult sometimes that you forget what it's like to be young and you kind of lose that part or that that relationship with yourself with with your youth yeah. and you know over, yeah they're trying yeah. to hold on to something and i think it kind of shows you that like holding on to things past their time, holding on to a moment, no matter kind of how much you want to, sometimes is not the best thing to do. Sometimes the best thing to do is to acknowledge that that was like a beautiful time, a beautiful moment, yeah. you know, 
and take that and kind of hold it close, but, but move on. And that trying to hold on to those things is, is not, is not going to work out. And, and I think we see that paralleled in the modern story because you kind Mm -hmm. of see that playing out and the father telling Tyler when they do have conversations between with the keys of saying, you know, don't do what I did. Yeah. You know, don't, don't, and even so much so that in the past, you know, because what, what ends up happening is Kinsey and Tyler end up using a key that allows you to just view the past. You can't change it, but you can view it. Yeah. And that's actually how the Locke family uh, learns how to use the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, they didn't have their father to explain this. So they had to discover it on their own. But when they do, they go and watch what happened back then, which is how we learn it. Yeah. And at one point, the girlfriend, Kim, jokes to Rendell, like, oh, yeah, well, what if you're, you know, he explained, talking about, the, you know, what if your kids are are watching right now and what you're doing right now? And he actually turns around and is like, oh, kids, yeah, don't, if you're watching. He's like, oh, Christ, you know, don't, if you're watching, don't do what I'm doing right now. Like, joking, right? But that is yeah. literally what's happening. That's literally what's happening. And yeah. we see through Tyler we see through Tyler that he does learn to let go. Tyler, I think, because we're talking about this and going into how it affects the, the new relationships. Mm-hmm. Tyler, I think, had for me really the best arc. Oh, for sure. About how he grew into a man, into, into yeah. a man who takes responsibility, who learned from what his father did. And symbolically by the uh, lure that he had on his hat and the hat Mm -hmm. that his father gave him. Yeah. And he was holding on to it and holding on to it. And it was a little detail. And we see it in bigger metaphorical ways too. Mm -hmm. But in a little way, he was holding on to it and holding on to it. But unlike his father, at the appropriate moment, he was able to let it go. He was able to use it to put the past to bed, literally, by turning it into, because what you find out is that lure was actually made out of the last of the metal. Mm -hmm. And in order to save everybody from what's going on, Tyler fashions it into a key. Yeah. He gives it up. He he lets go that his father gave him this and the memories that it encompasses, gives it up to save the present. And that's a, a, you know, a, a teaching you about, you know, you can, you can learn from that if you don't learn from Mm -hmm. the past, you know? Yeah. And I, I would even say with, with that moment, um, and of course it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, his dad wasn't there to see Tyler become into a man, but it's his, even after death, his dad was still able to pass on to that lesson to his son and his son eventually took that lesson to heart. Um, is what, what that house has and kind of going back to the whole theme of like wanting to live in the past, like the house with all, all of the keys, it's all a source of power and control. And once you have one taste of it, it kind of, it, it becomes this, addiction right because mm-hmm. you know the soldiers used it in the past to their their advantage um and at least in in the lore of this story potentially changed history um rendell and his friends used it Bodhi used it and they all used it in various ways to help themselves with their pain or sometimes mm-hmm. to help other people and A lot of this whole series is about not only not being able to like handle certain, like certain emotions, like within yourself and with other people. I, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think like the relationships towards the end, they all bond a lot better and they all get a lot stronger and closer but especially first volume, second, like everybody 
is still very closed off, very sheltered, very, very broken, and very much in tune with just what they need, not so much with anybody else. Because they, they don't know how to help themselves, so how can they help anybody else process what's happening? I mean, a whole family just you know, lost, lost their father. How does one person even begin to help the mom or younger brother or any or anybody else when everybody is feeling the same kind of grief and the keys are kind of that catalyst that helps them deal with that. Mm -hmm. But it's a stand in for something like drugs or alcohol, Mm -hmm. right? You can't, Mm -hmm. you can't medicate with it. Mm -hmm. And, and literally that's what the mom learns too. Like they all in their own way, you know, she's doing it by drinking a lot and, you know, but eventually, you know, she stops and, and realizes that, that, that isn't the way that, you know, she still has kids who are alive, who need her, you know, and, and she's ruining those relationships. And I really liked how they drew that too. Cause in the beginning, mm-hmm. her hair was kind of all stringy and she had these bags under her eyes. She was kind of drawn mm-hmm. like that and really underweight. But then by the end, when Kinsey goes and hugs her after she's been sober for a while, you see that they draw her much more healthy. Yes. Like her cheeks are more filled out. She doesn't have the bags under her eyes mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, you see that she's slowly putting it back together. But yeah, I mean, one of the keys um, is the head key, which allows you to like mm-hmm. open up your head and pull out things or put things in, uh, yeah. like knowledge or whatever, memories. And Kinsey, the middle, uses it to take out her fear and to take out her tears. And first she feels like it's great. Tells them, you know, mm-hmm. you all should try it, you know. But then she starts to realize that not having that fear, not having that grief yeah. is not helping her. It, it causes her to do things that are insensitive to her friends, Mm-hmm. You know, um, it causes her to not consider how they might feel, you know, and, and, you know, like when she's kissing, uh, the big bad guy who she doesn't know who's the bad guy and <laughs> basically, you know, they're talking about, you know, oh yeah, I like kissing you, you know, you, you, your breath is nice. And he's like, what, you know, like I'm a, I'm, you know, a, a mouth, you know, cough syrup or something and she's like yeah I don't know and she kind of muses about like you know I never would have kissed you when I had my fear still but Mm -hmm. I wonder if the fear makes it less exciting you know yeah and then my and I say I love you all the time because I'm not afraid but I wonder if that not being afraid makes it mean less yeah because you don't have that fear of being rejected. You don't have that fear. It, you, you lack the vulnerability. You lack. Absolutely. That's the lesson that Kinsey learns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's her arc throughout the series is learning that those pieces of you, as painful as they are, provide, provide you with the ability to appreciate and be vulnerable and have those moments where you put yourself out there of being vulnerable like you're kissing somebody or telling them you love them yeah make it worth more it it means more that hey i'm scared you're gonna reject me but i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna say it anyway yeah you know you know you can't you can't feel the whole spectrum of good emotions if there aren't the bad ones you know it's easy to self-medicate but self-medicating especially in the sense of this series with with the i just like to call them the demon keys even though that's not what they're actually called but they're forged (laughs) from demons basically yeah Um, exactly demons you know and you know and it's very appropriate i find and i mean i don't know if the if the writer did this on purpose, but when we talk about like medicating our pain away, whether that's with I don't know, pills or drugs or alcohol, 
you know, we're just pushing those demons further down inside and we're not dealing with them. And here in this novel, this graphic novel, they, the, the keys are a physical manifestation of that. And by using the key, you're literally trying to unlock something, but it doesn't work the way that you intended. They're not keys to unlocking your pain. They're keys to lock your pain away. Mm-hmm. But eventually that whole that that closet pain gets filled up and then eventually you can't shut it. You can't yeah. you can't shut the door. And that's done that's done physically actually in the graphic novel when mm-hmm. Tyler realizes every every key's doors work both ways. Mhm. Right? Yeah. Um, which is kind of the lesson that the, his father tells him when he realizes that allows him to make the key that defeats the demons is doors work both ways. You can close things in and hold things in and close them up, but they work both ways and you can also release them. And sometimes yeah. that's what's necessary to defeat them, which yeah. is exactly what happened in a literal mm-hmm. sense. They had to open, they had to, they had to make the door work both ways. And that yeah. was the key defeating instead of locking everything up yeah that was the key absolutely and once all the characters learn how to do that for for themselves then they can finally like they 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 not only love themselves but they can love each other again yeah and they can help protect each other rather than kind of what his dad did with his friends and girlfriend which was split up and like everybody fend for themselves <laughs> like yeah and yeah. and and if we can move on just to talk a little yeah. bit about some of the side characters because Dodge. even they <laughs> okay yeah let's talk about Dodge who has a fucking, very uh fucking Samar in the well like <laughs> yeah he had a very Loki feel about him a very I loved how they drew him it had a very Loki feel I thought yeah very well um but actually when you think about it you know when you realize it wasn't even him you know Mm -hmm. he was suffering all that time you know because he had been possessed and stored away and when tyler finally uses the key he made to release him to let go it, it comes back like that's the ultimate thing that tyler realizes he made this key to make the door go both go both ways Mm mm-hmm but he can't completely save them. He had to let go of the idea that he could save everything about them and have to settle for saving parts of these, these yeah. folks. Yeah. It's a hard, that's a hard lesson. It's hard. I, like I said, Tyler yeah. by far had my, the most, I think, yeah. intense art. He really had to mature. I mean, by the, when we see him at first, he's like a petulant 17 year old mad at his father mad at this but by the end he's like a man and you know he he goes in there with confidence and does what he needs to do and lets go of what he needs to let go of yeah that people can move on you know um but yeah so talking about the i mean how do you feel about the dodge zach lucas dark lady like, like if, if, if those <laughs> represent, you know, putting away, what do you think that character kind of represented? I mean, kind of immediately, I mean, it was, it was Bode in like the present time. He was the first one that like kind mm-hmm. of found that. Um, it's kind of interesting how quickly they both bonded because they're both, suffering emotionally so there is this kind of interesting level of comfort that they both gave each other even though uh dodge is bad and both is good yeah <laughs> um god i totally forget where i was going with that it's been a long week um well what does what what does he kind yeah. of represent is kind of what i asked like Do- oh yeah like, i Do- always feel like antagonists in anything yeah kind of meant to kind of show the character something they represent kind of yeah. the opposite or maybe the representation of whatever it is uh, a perfect yeah you got me back back on the track there um 
for me, it was very like Dodge was, it's a very clear representation of that emotion that you try to bury, but it's always there. And unless you bring it out of the box, huh? No. Ah! No. (laughs) (laughs) And deal with it. What's in that box? What's in that? I know. What's in the well? What's in the well? What's in the well? What's in the well? well? Um, Demons. That's the answer. The answer is demons. Demons. You know, unless you deal with it, it is always there. And of course, when you first let it out, it's big, it's scary, it's messy. But then like the characters learn, you learn how to deal with it. That for me was, that was my immediate first like interpretation of Dodge. And of and not, not just that on like a personal level for the characters, but also a representation of this family's history. And they're almost cursed in a sense because these keys have been created and now they have been appointed as the keeper of the keys. And it is a very serious responsibility that they have. And in a sense, it's, it's kind of like a curse. Like I wouldn't want to have that responsibility because, you know, yeah, Brendel and his friends in the 80s are going to go and mess mess around with it. Like people drawn to that kind of power always get a, a little too curious. And if you get a little too close, then stuff gets released and you may or may not be ready to deal with that. And that's also what Dodge kind of rep- represented to me. Stuff, emotional stuff that the characters were not ready to deal with. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. And that Dodge couldn't understand some of their some of their actions that they did, you know, because of that. And um and the fact that um maybe he would have won, right? If he wanted to make an army, which is what everybody thought he was gonna do. They thought they were gonna bring all these teenagers in there and the demons on the other side would possess them. Mm-hmm. And he would have an army. If he'd done that, he might have won. But because of what he represents, he couldn't do that. He was afraid that he wouldn't be able to control everything. That he no. wouldn't be able to control his brethren, the other children of Ling. You know? And, and you know, I mean, it's literally, oh yeah, he's probably right. But metaphorically... What it means is because he couldn't let go of control, because he didn't want to bring people over and, and that he couldn't handle or that wouldn't bow to him or that, you know, would, wouldn't do what he said, he changed his plan. And that's kind of what got him, got it messed up was, you know, he changed it. And because he wanted to kind of keep all the power and all the stuff on earth for itself, yeah. ended up ended up not ended up you know not not being there you know not doing it and and losing essentially yeah so but yeah along, yeah i was going <laughs> to say along those same lines can we talk a little bit about kind of the um goodness name of the dude in the insane asylum who shot rendell and tried to kill the mother um the heck why am i (laughs) i should reference the notes right here sam right yeah wasn't um there in the very i think it's a very what would be the very first comic or maybe even the second um there's kind of this little flashback scene of sam like tracking down tyler in a basement and he says to him, hey, remember that conversation we had about wanting to kill our dads? You know, and he was kind of like, I followed through with mine. <laughs> and that immediate, that, um, I mean, that immediately made, made me feel like, oh my God, Tyler, what have you done? And, and not only are you going to carry around the sadness of your dad not being there, but like if 
you did make this pact with this dude to do like a um god what's the name of that movie where two or like like strangers on a train oh like yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah 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 if you made this pact with him oh my god imagine like the guilt that you're feeling right now yeah, and he felt it also, anyway yeah yeah I, I mean but it also seemed like it came to him as a surprise and yeah. as we kind of know sam was a little crazy uh he's yeah you know Look, you, was, you get that scene yeah. where you know he's mad at his dad after um after um you know his dad yells at him and he's there and he goes sam goes out to talk to him and mm-hmm. sam's talking about how he's going to kill his dad one day and tyler just offhandedly because he's mad says oh yeah if you do that kill mine too and that's what Sam was basing all that off of. Yeah. So yeah. He, Tyler said that, but it was in a, you know, they didn't make any kind of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Sam just kind of took it and did it. And then tells yeah, Tyler that, later, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, I went over there for him to talk about. The, I went over there for the key, but I didn't kill him because of that. I killed him because you told me to. Yeah. Right. Just to rub mm-hmm. it in, just to rub it in. And interestingly enough. Um, you know, the, the whole incident that causes the Tyler's dad to be mad at him mm-hmm. and tell him, you know, that we talked about in the beginning was the fact that he was at a party with, um, his sister who mm-hmm. begged to go and he let her leave with some guy who was drunk. Yeah. And why because he'd been every time he says hey guys this is not safe he got teased for being the guidance counselor's son essentially Mm -hmm. and being a goody two-shoes and he couldn't get over that you know so he didn't say anything yeah you know he held it all up you know and so he didn't do anything because he worried about what people would say about him and so he wasn't able to do the right thing because he worried too much about what other people would think about him and he couldn't get over that, you know? Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, father was like, oh, you know, your sister almost died, so you're not going anywhere. And that's what caused him to go outside and say that to Sam and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And now we're back to where we were. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then when you think about why his father was like that and maybe kind of a bit overprotective, was because of what happened to him when he was a teenager and what he did yeah. caused his friends to die. Yeah. And so he wanted to, and it even talks about that. Like, Oh, I wanted to help kids. I figured if I could help one, then I, then it would be worth it. You know, maybe make up for what I did. So it's probably why he treated his kids like that and was hard on them. Yeah. You know, um, you know, maybe a little more strict, a little more overbearing, a little more mm. inquisitive, a little more, you know, right. And, and, and all from just this immense amount of regret that he had for the things that he did when he was younger. Yeah. Basically. So, so um, I do want to talk about a couple of the other little side characters yeah. um, to kind of wrap up. Um, specifically, I think Jordan and Scott mm-hmm. had some very, and Scott, okay, I'll, I'll be honest, Scott was my favorite character. Yeah. I love him so much, so much. And I thought it was so sweet. Like when Kinsey gave him his memory, mm-hmm. her memory. Yeah. And he was, was so like, have you ever had someone give you another memory? I'm looking at their stars and it's just for me. And I'm the only one that gets to see them and everything. Like, I mean, I'm like, oh my God, stop being like a punk English, like cute, adorable dude. Cause I just can't stand it. And <laughs> I remember the first time I read it, I'm like, He's going to die, isn't he? <laughs> like, and, uh, no. yeah. And, uh, yeah. But I, I, I think in his case, mm-hmm. he was, he was the idea of a person who was kind of open, mm-hmm. you know, he was kind of represent. I felt like Scott was kind of representative of that, of somebody who did kind of wear their heart on their sleeve and said what they felt. Just honestly, like right from the beginning, he said he liked Kenzie. Kenzie knew it. He had made no qualms about it. 
and, and said, and was honest, you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I love that, that like, you know, they gave us his character. I felt like to show us what somebody who is open and honest and, and, you know, just kind of says what they feel, Mm -hmm. you know, it it is like, or could be like, yeah. You know? Yeah. With, it's a very stark contrast to everyone else who's using, or it's, he's, not I, okay. I guess not everybody else, but who was it? Uh, Kinsey, who w- was using the keys to get rid of her fear, mm-hmm. you know, so she could be able to do something. Scott, on the other hand, was was able to do the things that Kinsey was doing, wearing his heart on his sleeve, but in spite of his own fear, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. And, and Jordan, you know, feeling like she had to push people away mm-hmm. or they would get hurt. And then in the end, just sacrificing herself. Like, well, I guess yeah. you can always never too late to start or never too early to start my good deed a day. And then she jumps off the thing. And you're like, holy shit. But the idea that, that people can open up and they even did it yeah. in little ways. Um, that, you know, being afraid of those things, which in using the, the, you know, keys as a very not so subtle metaphor, I think. No, but it was done really well, like totally not subtle, but not literal, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's easy to see, but it's, but it was good and creative. Like what would you do if you had the ability to do these things and, and how, and, and you get little interesting tidbits in the little notes at the end of the things, at least I have in mind where it's like known Mm -hmm. keys and then little notes about them and kind of what happened in the past with them. Yeah. You know, um, you know, thing, things, you know, seeing what it's like, you know, keys that were probably intended, you know, were intended to help the war effort, but then eventually, you know, could be used to kind of learn about yourself, I guess, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Just scared a lot of people. Like, there's like go- going back to what you said about there is so much happening in this series. And a big reason for that, I think, is because it's not just about relationships between the characters but it's the character's relationship with themselves it, there's this nice duality that's happening at the same time and I know for me like sometimes like trying to keep track of the characters and like switching between the past and present kind of got a little overwhelming but this wasn't a story that you could have told in chronological order and still get the same emotion and themes and message across because it's 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 manipulating you too in a way because as a reader you read about some of these things that are happening you think oh god this person's just a dick or why would they do that and stuff like that but then as you discover more of the past their actions make sense yeah you know their actions make sense and, and you get to see the kind of the differences in response. Um, whereas Ellie, you know, when she had the opportunity to kind of get rid of Dodge that night, you know, the mother, the echo of Mrs. Long, you know, the, the kid's grandmother, Rendell's mm-hmm. mother, tried to tell her. And she was like, no, don't, because she loved him, right? She couldn't let go yeah. that Dodge was gone. That he was gone. Her boyfriend was gone. And so accidentally let him out and suffered for it. Whereas Kinsey, when she discovered the same thing, had no such qualms about it. She just yeah. took him out. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's like, again, you know, they paralleled that being able to let go or make a different choice or realize when there's no good choice. And sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice something yeah. and recognizing when you have to do that. Um, what I think was a big important part of it, you know? Absolutely. And sometimes to move on, you have to sacrifice relationships you cherish. Yeah. 
you know, um, not, yeah, not everybody gets to move with you to the next stage of your life, Yeah, you know, and there's so many different kinds of relationships too, which is also why there are so many characters in this guy. Yeah. They, they all, they all like, they all kind of in their own way represent different periods of somebody's life growing up, coming of age, maturing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And even in some of the adults, your choices haunting you, you know, (laughs) you know, um, we see in a lot of the adults, you know, their choices haunting them and, um, you know, their choices haunting them and having to get over that. I mean, you know, is, is rough, you know, and the idea of unlocking and, and everything like that just, you know, really works to kind of even consider yourself, you know, that, hey, maybe I'm holding on to things that I don't need to be holding on to anymore. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, I look back in certain things with nostalgia, but, you know, maybe that's what it should stay at, you know, mm-hmm. looking back at them fondly and cherishing that memory is precious. Yeah. But not trying to hang on to it for too long, lest it sour the memory, you know, lest it it sour it. Yeah. I mean, some doors should be closed permanently, but that doesn't mean you still can't look through a window. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, and interestingly enough, um, the motto, if if there was one really neat kind of scene, that they all they put all sorts of little details in here mm-hmm. that were very very interesting where you can actually learn more about the house or the people by looking at either what they're reading or little details in the windows or around the house in the background. Yeah. I see you. I see you, artist. I saw you in there. Yes. <laughs> clever, but, um, clever artist. Yeah. Well, but there was one where um, Bode as. Uh, Bode, when he's possessed by um, uh, Dodge, Mm -hmm. goes into the house. And above him, he's kind of looking around for the Omega key. And above him, there's a window. And it's a beautiful shot of him looking around. And above is a window of Miranda and Ben, like the original locks from there. And it shows kind of a a beautiful stained glass window. Mm -hmm. And and it has the lock uh, motto or, you know, kind of a phrase in Latin and translated from Latin, it doesn't give the translation or anything, but I looked it up because I'm a nerd. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, and it basically means every door has a key. Mm-hmm. Every door has a key. There's always a way to open up, I think, is what you should really take from that. Like, there's always a way. Every door has a key. Every There's always a way, you know, to still open up, you know. Yeah. So- anyway... All right. We are, we are that, that's it. That was a deep conversation. I know. And I, and I feel like we could go on for like forever talking about this, but pick it up yourself. Um, and I, it won an Eisner. So it is an award winning series for, for good. For very, very good reason. Um, if you don't mind the struggle that is reading, comic books on Amazon Kindle. Um, if you have Prime, a couple of the volumes are free. Um, if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, um, you can get a 30-day trial and read more of the volumes for free. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what's going on right now, um, which by the time this airs, hopefully that's still the case. So. <laughs> Indeed. Awesome. Buy it. Support, support the writers and artists (laughs) absolutely absolutely they appreciate it they really really do and if you tweet them they'll tweet back they will Uh, (laughs) be like oh thank you so much i know (laughs) we're we're suckers for validation absolutely (laughs) it's it's sad all right so um before we close this box um next time we are going to be reading diabal diabal book one by kathleen kaufman uh, book from 2019 and super excited about that we might have a special surprise no promises but special surprise we special might surprise. maybe i maybe. like surprises yeah me too <laughs> me too <laughs> what's in the box man i gotta know
no, I got it. It's in the box. <laughs> it smells like Christmas. So in the box, Christmas. Yes. Do you follow us on Twitter at the box underscore podcast and tweet us? Let us know what you want us to talk about next. Let us know your thoughts if you've read Lock and Key. Comment on our podcast pages. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. So with all of that, thank you for joining us. We are closing this box for now, and we will see you in a couple weeks. <laughs>